And then they break the thing down, right? And uh, Manfred Powell's character says, and I wrote this down, into the belly of the beast. And then Daniel Craig goes, and out of the demon's ass. What? (laughs) What are you fucking talking about? (laughs) Out of the demon's ass? John, John, I want you to write that on my tombstone. What's up, Real Critics? As always, I am Jose Garcia Chow, and you're listening to Everyone's a Real Critic. You guys already know how it goes down, but in case you're new and just tuning in here at EARC with my co-host, John Wolf, we take a look at movies that have divided critics and audiences. If it has at least a 20% difference between the audience and the critic scores on Rotten Tomatoes, we're game to talk about it. We'll give you the real critics' thoughts on the movies, we'll break down the critic and audience scores, and we'll wrap it up with our overall score of the movie. But, you know, we like to keep it fun and light because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Everyone's a real critic. So without further ado, John, my friend, my brother, my homie, let the people know what we're talking about this week. What's going on, man? Good to see you, as always. You know, last time we talked about Scream 2. So if you hadn't had a chance to uh, check that out, definitely. Or uh, as I like to call it, ah, ghosts. Wow. Yikes. Well, if you're looking for more humor like that, you know, you're you're in for a special treat. Stay stay along. <laughs> we got more jokes coming your way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Check that out wherever you get your podcasts. If uh, have you seen Scream 5 yet? No, I'm in uh, zero rush. <laughs> it can't be any worse than Scream 2 or could it find out? Listen, give it a give it a shot. So uh, last time we were talking about Lego sequels. This week, we're going to talk about a different type of adaptation of movie. Uh, We're going to talk about video game adaptations of movie with this week's Tomb Raider, uh, the 2001 version with Angelina Jolie, just getting hype for the new Uncharted movie that's going to be hitting theaters pretty soon. So we're going to be talking about Tomb Raider this week. But before we get that way, before we start talking to Lara Croft, we take pride in really navigating the overwhelming streaming space by pitching you on what you should or should not be watching. So Jose, what have you been watching this week? So John, I'm uh, very happy to say that there's so much to watch on TV right now. You know, I've, I've been watching, I've been staying on top of every Peacemaker episode. Yeah. yeah. Every single episode of Boba Fett as it comes out. Same. And every episode of after party. I highly recommend after party on Apple TV. Uh, if I were you, I'd probably wait a few weeks and then do like a month subscription to Apple TV and then just binge the whole thing because uh, waiting every week is just rough. You know, they're 30 minute episodes and it's the only reason I'm paying for Apple TV. So, yeah. But I mean, other than that, I, I, I'm i stoked on Boba Fett. How are you feeling about Boba Fett? Dude, it's been I mean, it's gotten better now that it's Mandalorian 2.5. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. well, I guess we shouldn't do any spoilers, but I am super pumped now. They have all but one episode left. I'm curious to know what the finale is going to be, because there are a lot of loose ends, primarily on the uh, the title character who in the last two episodes we spent a total of one minute of screen time so, <laughs> yeah ain't that um, something uh... <laughs> honestly 
I'm here for it because, you know, those first three Boba ep- episodes starring Boba were a little rough. They were bad. And they were they were done by our guy, Bobby Rodriguez, who this, yeah. this podcast never aired. But we did do one uh, for practice on Spy Kids. Legendary movie. Maybe Bobby we should Rod. we should redo it. But uh, Bobby Rod struggling. And, and, and for what it's worth, I enjoyed Spy Kids with Bobby Rod. And I've enjoyed a lot of other Bobby Rod movies. But, you know, now that we mentioned that when you watch episode three of Boba Fett. I get a very Spy Kids-esque feeling about it. And uh, Machete is in there. Yeah, that's right. Machete shows up. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. And yeah. Thundercat, which is wild. Yes. <laughs> very strange. You know, not to get into spoilers or anything, what I'm most excited for about the season, though, is that it seems like Filoni and Favreau are expanding the live-action Star Wars canon to include more Clone Wars elements. Not just Clone Wars, Rebels, too. Yeah, which is funny because um, I remember, I think you told me about Clone Wars. This is years and years ago, told me about Clone Wars. And it took me a while to get into it. And then I just rolled right through it. And I remember oh, yeah. you hit the wall. There is a wall when you're watching it. It's around like season three, four. And then it just picks right back up. And I had to, I, yeah. I remember convincing you to get back through that wall. You were, you were telling me constantly, like, Jose, you got to watch, you got to watch it. It's better than any of the movies, which I yeah. totally agree with. Controversial yeah. take. No, nah, it's not controversial. <laughs> it's yeah. not very controversial. The movies, John and the I probably bad. only like a handful, not even a handful. I would say two to three of the Star Wars live action films. Uh, and we're Star Wars fans. Yeah. I, w- I would say so. So it's interesting when you so watching Mandalorian and all this stuff, when you go back and watch Rebels, I just so I'm a phony. I love it, but I've only just watched season one, just watched it the last couple of days. You get so much canon right off the bat that's found in Mandalorian. The character canon or? Well, yes, he is there, which is a great name for a character. Honestly, I know, if you're so just great. purposely going to use him for canon, especially. <laughs> Yeah, especially when you're like retroactively like adding a bunch of shit to the canon. Right. Yeah, we'll just name a guy canon. Yeah. He was there the whole time. Yeah, it works. <laughs> um, yeah. But you get Sabine. She's in it. Ahsoka. You get a little Darth Vader. So I think it's I think, you know, I'm only one season in. And so people listening are probably like screaming at me right now. But I'm sure watching this through will sort of give me more information on what's going on in, in Boba Fett, Mandalorian, and then the series to come. So I'm pumped about that. John, so uh, do you get more context on, you know, Darksaber stuff in Rebels? I'm sure at some point, because you do get it in Clone Wars. Sabine is a Mandalorian from Mandalore, right? And she is a main character in Rebels. She's part of a crew that runs. I like how colorful the characters in um, Rebels are designed. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I hesitate when I think about putting that in like the live action space. Because we saw what those mopeds that Bobby Rod had in episode three look like. And they just look out of place in the Star Wars universe. You know what I mean? Or maybe in, on Tatooine, they look out of place. Maybe. Because it's a very, like, brown tan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, put those mopeds on Coruscant. But we did see there was a big character reveal at the end of the latest episode of Boba Fett. Oh, God. Shoot. Can we just put spoil? Can we? Okay, spoiler That person warning. looked real good for live action. Spoiler warning. Skip ahead. However yeah. long, we'll, just we'll probably out like later. thirty seconds a minute. Thirty seconds. Cad yeah. Bane. Yeah, dude, he looked so good. Yeah, he, he looked did. so good. Yeah, I, his I'm teeth so... were a little like 
Yeah, yeah. It's like they didn't fit in his. He got to make but... his lip a little bit bigger to cover his teeth. But other than that, he looked pretty sweet. He looked so good. I love the way they introduced him too. Just like super like spaghetti western. Like he's standing in the distance with the with the haze of the heat of the Tatooine heat and sun in front of him. Oh, it was so cool. Agreed. Loved it. But uh, other than that, Peacemaker, totally agree. I also watched Tick Tick Boom last night. Uh, came out. Oh, in November, the Andrew Garfield movie and Vanessa Hudgens uh, also in there. It was very good. Really? Yeah. It was wow. Good. It was about um, the the uh, playwright Jonathan Larson, his life. Mm-hmm. I've seen a few clips online of them doing like side by sides Andrew Garfield's performance mm-hmm. with uh, the playwright's performance, and it's so good. He looks like yeah. he nailed it. Yeah, it was great. Very emotional solid two hours though be ready to do something like kind of fun afterwards i have something you just reminded me of okay i watched ridley scott's the last duel this week Mm, you know starring matt damon ben affleck and and uh uh uh, kylo ren (laughs) yeah adam driver (laughs) yeah adam driver and then there's also they had to throw a woman in there and and here's the thing the the movie Basically Not that that's a bad centers. thing. I'm just saying, like, the reason they threw the woman in there, I heard, was because it was just like. It centers. It ba- everybody's motivations are centered around the woman. Right. But, uh, you know, remember when Ridley Scott was talking shit about Spider Man, you know, and how nobody went to go see his movie? Well, like, I watched his movie and it was so boring. Yeah. <laughs> Why would anybody choose that over yeah. Spider Man? Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong, but it was a two and a half hour trudge. It felt yeah. like I was walking through the, the eight inches of snow that are outside my window right now. Yeah, no. And, and and then and then you get to the end and you're just stoked that it's over. <laughs> so that's a not to watch. Yeah, um. yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, like unless you're really into these like Oscar heavy performances that are are clearly Oscar bait, you know, go ahead, watch the movie. The performances are good. And, you know, it's 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 weird because it's a movie about women's rights, but it's set in the midi in medieval times. So, like, men have to actively speak for women in this tale. And I'm just like, thanks for speaking up for women, white man. The fight itself was great. But like I said, you have to wait two and a half hours to get to it. Hey, man, Uh, let's uh, let's jump into Tomb Raider. Huh? How about that? Let's do it. So um, actually, before before we like dive into the movie, um, for those that are unfamiliar, Tomb Raider is actually was a video game first before it became a movie. It was a very popular video game. Um, I think it came out PlayStation, also PC back in 1996, I want to say, and was one of the first uh, video game franchises that predominantly featured uh, a like woman character and like that character being the hero and someone that is actually not in uh duress throughout the movie but is actually yeah. in the game but getting things done yeah it depicted a, it depicted a female protagonist which mm-hmm. it's funny because 1996 doesn't sound like a lot doesn't sound like too long ago but back then was just like what yeah that's crazy a woman who can do things on her own and i would say crazy. like still not that many 
in the in video game culture, I guess is a different conversation, but uh, yeah, we're talking gross. about misogyny and well, I guess it's also yeah. featured here. Like she's at, she's a, the hero of this franchise, but at what cost? Um, she has to wear extremely short shorts. She's clearly sexualized. Yeah. yeah. She's where she's got massive in the, in the, you know, first iterations of it. She's got, you know, uh, I believe the scientific term is huge knockers. <laughs> and <laughs> I did take like a pre-med uh, course in middle school. And I'm pretty sure that's what they call them. Yeah. Yeah, well. yeah. There's other synonyms like giant tatas and bazungas. What was interesting <laughs> is, um, you know, when you think about a lot of adaptations of movies, um, the video game ones, they're all bad. And it, it really brought me to this question. Not only are video game adaptations or movie adaptations of video games bad, but it's also this the truth, vice versa. Anytime there's, I feel most of the time when there's a movie adaptation of a video game, it's also bad because I want to hear your thoughts and, the, you know, I have mine as well. But why do you think that's always the case? I I think it's because it comes down to the um, the medium, you know, in a video game, your characters, they don't have a lot of agency because the agency is up to you, the player. So right. you're making all the choices. You're making all the decisions for your protagonist. They have to be kind of an open ended protagonist in that sense. Like Lara Croft in the early video games isn't really given too much of a backstory. We don't really know too much about her. And she doesn't really have any agency because you're the one playing her, you know, when you adapt that to the screen, all of a sudden you have to create a character around this, you know, void because basically you're just playing an empty character. It's you, it's you're the analog, you know, or that link in legend of Zelda has like no dialogue, right? Because then they'd be putting words in your mouth. Um, if you were to make an adaptation of the legend of Zelda, then you'd have to decide, you know, who this character is. So I don't even know if it's possible to make a really good video game adaptation unless the video game is like an rpg like the witcher yeah no i, I mean i was definitely surprised when i kind of googled this movie and then also like movies that are uh, adaptations of video games this one actually ranks in the top 10 ranks number eight in the the box office worldwide which is which was surprising to me maybe not because it's such a successful video game franchise that it brought a lot of people to the table. And I'm sure Angelina Jolie certainly helped uh, bring a lot of interesting characters to the theater as well. But it, it just surprises me that like a movie that's this bad can still score over a hundred million dollars. Um, and then mm -hmm. when you look at the tomato meter, which I, you know, I guess we should have led, we'll, we'll get to in a second, but like this is in the top 25 and of top 25 of what movie adaptions adaptations of video games and mm -hmm. there are i mean take a quick look at it but there's there's over 50 um american ones and then you know you go worldwide and you look at all of the animated movies oh, i bet Pokemon. there's so many there's, more like japanese ones too yeah this ranks top 25 and it is we'll we'll give you the score in a second it's not good See, so I think that the reason that most of these adaptations actually fail is because there's a difference between video game uh, language and cinematic language. When you try to transfer them over, it's, it's not going to be 100%. It's never going to be 100%, you know? And they try to do things, you know, to remind you that this is a video game movie. You know, like in Mortal Kombat, they'll, they'll frame the screen with the two characters on the left and the right to mirror 
you playing a, you playing the video game or in the, the Assassin's Creed movie, you'll show, you know, Michael Fassbender jumping off buildings because it reminds you of the game. But at the same time, it's it's I don't know, you're only getting a percentage of what you felt like when you're playing the game, you know. It's more of the Leonardo DiCaprio like meme where he's just pointing at the screen, you know. Where yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Where he's like, yeah, oh, oh, that's it. That's it. I think. Uh, yeah. I. I mean, like, did you watch the Warcraft movie, dude? No. It was so. It's so weird. It's uh It's the number one uh, box office one. Really? Mm-hmm. That's surprising. It's entirely CG, but when you play Warcraft, like. These orcs and wizards, they're not walking around talking. So all of a sudden, that now they're walking around and talking and saying shit, and they have motivation. You're just, like, weirded out by it because it's something familiar, but it's not the same. Yeah. So I don't know. So it's just, like, I don't know. It's like you asking your buddy for uh, a drink and then for something entirely different. So when you're expecting to drink it, you know, and it's not what you like, you just spit that shit out. Yeah. You're like, ew, why is there jizz in here? Yeah. Why did you piss in my cup, bro? <laughs> I completely agree with you and think the um, I think the biggest one you you definitely were talking about it is when you're the plot of most video games, they're usually pretty razor thin because they rely more on the environment you're in and the, the small tasks that you have to accomplish or the puzzles that you need to do in order to achieve whatever the the small plot is, you know, like mm-hmm. getting the gold or um killing the bad guy whatever that is like <laughs> yeah very yeah. razor thin at the end of the day and to make that a movie becomes a lot more difficult and sort of as you mentioned loses some of the nuance and the the uh fantastical nature of thinking of a video game something larger than itself and i think same thing vice versa is when you take a movie and then you have to make it a video game you're you're stretching it thin yeah because you gotta yeah it's just it. not the same thing it's like I, I, that's why I think that book to movie adaptations are easier because yeah. yeah, because it's already like it, it's visual language, you know, it, it may be on the book, but like you're creating a little movie in your head when you read a book. So it's easier to adapt. You know, every movie starts out basically as a book, a screenplay is just a differently formatted book. Yeah. So let's get into this movie. So it's um, it's a live action feature inspired by the most successful interactive video game character in history. Lara Croft, beautiful and brainy Lara, who is played by Angelina Jolie, is the heroine of Eldos Interactive's phenomenally successful Tomb Raider game series. It is one woman's fearless quest, crisscrossing the globe in an amazing attempt to save the world. That is the uh, the overview of this movie. It received a critic score of twenty percent. So remember how we were saying this is a top twenty-five on the list of video game movies made. <laughs> It received a 20%. That cracks the top 25 with an audience score of 47%. Directed by Simon West, um, who, if you look at him, has also directed notably nothing else. Really? Yeah. This movie came out in 2001, as we mentioned, which was, if you listen to some of our earlier podcasts, a great year for movies and somehow still made $131 million. That's pretty wild. Comes in an hour, 40 minutes, just over the tight 90. Yeah, man. So like, what were your your first thoughts when we were like, hey, let's do Tomb Raider, Drake's Uncharted, or I guess just Uncharted mm-hmm. uh, coming out. We, we were like, let's go Tomb Raider. Very similar. 
uh, concepts. Um, what, what were your first reactions? So when, when we decided to do this, uh, I don't know about you, but like, I have like a history with this movie. This movie was on a lot in my child, in my home when I was growing up. I don't know why. I feel like it was always on TNT or something, right? Yeah, probably like TNT, TBS. Like TNT, yeah, or TBS or something. But I have a, a nostalgia towards this film because my dad really enjoyed this movie when, when I was a kid. I feel like we went to go see it in the theater. I'm not 100% sure, but I had specific action sequences that I could remember in my head, you know, so I was excited to go in and see this movie, especially because I could not tell you what the fuck she was looking for, you know, in this film, what tomb she was raiding and why I had no idea. So I was pretty excited to jump into this. Do, do you have a history with this movie, though, John? I, I don't have a huge history. And before we go any further, I do uh, want to say that Simon West did. Di- he did direct two other things that people may have heard of. The Expendables 2. <laughs> just the second one, which garnered a 67 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. But he also was the executive producer of Black Hawk Down, another action war movie did garner him an 88% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. What's crazy about, we mentioned that this one was 131, right? Expendables 2, 85 million. I had no idea it was that big of a bust. And he directed one of the greatest movies of all time, John. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Con Air. Did he? Oh, there it is. Con Air. Right. Wow. That is a good movie. I love that movie. So what did I think? I didn't really have like a close tie to this movie. I actually remember the second one. A little bit more, which was uh, slightly uh, higher received, more well received by people, uh, which is surprising. But I do remember the second one a little bit more. I don't really I, I really didn't remember much of this. Um, so I was I was definitely curious to get started when I booted it up. It was interesting. I actually watched this through a TV provider. Like mm-hmm. like you said, like the old days where you watch it on TNT. So you get the commercials, you get the awkward like cut cuts to yeah go to commercial you know what i'm saying so uh but i noticed i was like man this thing runs an hour 40 but this move on tv it says it's an hour and 25 minutes and i was like oh man like i struggled a little bit i was like should i try and find the hour 40 version but then i was like you know what i think i'm gonna be all right i don't wow. think 15 minutes of me missing is gonna gonna make a big difference so i'm curious to wow. know fuck you john minutes i missed fuck you dude i paid 3.99 for this fucking movie you did and i watched the entirety of it i watched the whole thing all wow. hour and 40 plus minutes of it well i hope that 3.99 let you at least buy the movie so you can watch it again no i only have 37 hours to watch it again <laughs> i mean i really walked I watched into it, it with last no night. expectations <laughs> i I saw the photos, uh, like you see the photos in the previews. And I just, I was like, man, this fits into like, you can, you know, you like imagine a time in history by just looking at a photo. And usually they're like these really like, oh, it just takes you, know, you back paintings. to 2000s. Yeah. You know? I was going to say this, this is 2000. Uh-huh. Like, she's barely, she's got the shortest shorts on. It looks so uncomfortable. Yeah. She's the tightest shirt on. And I was like, you know what? They didn't even care to make this no. a family movie they knew exactly what they were <laughs> it was doing. it was a family movie in my household we all watched it <laughs> <laughs> we all watched it together many many times with my father 
yeah. and it was uh, I, that's why I was so excited to see this movie because it reminds okay. me of watching the like these types of movies with, with my dad, you know, like Triple X, Lara Croft, all those early two thousands action films. This is like, and I was watching this, and I was like, uh, I now understand why I love Fast and Furious so much. It's because of movies like this. Like, this is what I grew up watching, you know, mm. just absolutely hmm. ridiculous fucking action sequences where she yeah. is just like suspended by a rope and running around. Oh, her- whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't jump too far. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. There. Let's let's jump in. So we actually do open like the movie opens in an action sequence. And I having either not remembering seeing this or never seeing this before was like, what the hell is going on? I was like, I don't remember <laughs> at any point uh, in the video game. Maybe I'm wrong, like fighting droids uh, no. or like robots. And it looked machines. like a droid straight out of Star Wars. It did. But she is going ham on this. So she right away the action. She's in the middle of a shootout with an indestructible, but like conveniently destructible mm-hmm. uh, robot. You know what I mean? Like it takes bullets, but one swift kick to the face or like a rock uh-huh. to the head donezo i was so into this uh and yeah. like the movie started and i was like just joyous you know first of all angelina jolie is the perfect casting choice for yeah. lara croft and you know if sure. you're going off i mean if it's an adaptation of the of the original video game she looks perfect i mean i i really enjoyed this cold open i thought it was so fucking funny you know her tiny arms are so tiny but she's just like she can just she's She's hold. Wait, the movie opens and she's holding herself upside down. Yeah, like with no. She doesn't even look like she's exerting any strength. She's just perfectly holding herself with her tiny little arms, you know. Mm. And then she starts fighting this robot. And then we learn that handguns for her are like a multi tool. They're like her Swiss Army knife because not only do they shoot, you know, not only do they shoot bullets, but they're also like jackhammers. She just like opens yeah. a hole in the wall with them yeah. and it's a mallet too she uses the butt to like smack the back of the robot's head yeah i just not, I love not it. only that but they are and i think these must be like custom handguns because they seem i've never you know i'm not a handgun connoisseur you're not for those that could for those that like look at me you can't look at me right now you're listening well, because you're wearing camouflage right now and i can't see you you know that's so. true yeah, 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 yeah. I uh what about the rack of weapons guy. behind you, John? You know, I would have <laughs> all those. <laughs> no, don't worry about that. Yeah. No, that's my doomsday stuff. Yeah, but don't her, worry. Uh, I won't I won't turn you into the NRA or anything, you know. No. Yeah, we can well no, they would love me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? But I'm I just mean because guns. you're lying right now. You're lying. You're saying you're not a handgun connoisseur. Oh, but, right. But I've I've yeah, for sure right. seen you, you know. I don't even yeah, want to say it on any Maybe air. these two guns. Over here. <laughs> yeah, do you have permits for those? I'm holding up. I'm holding up my pythons for those. <laughs> also illegal to. Have. He's just flexing. He's flexing. Her uh, guns, the handheld ones, seem to be quite a bit larger than normal ones. It, I thought maybe, maybe it's, it's because she's like five foot three or she's something. Small. <laughs> yeah. That could also be. It. And those are just but regular yeah. sized pistols, and they look massive in her hands. They're huge. <laughs> Oh yeah, those things are huge. They are. It's it's wild how she's like uh, immediately sexual sexualized too. Oh, we're talking about the gun stuff. Oh. Sorry, we're talking about something else. No, now. I'm talking about Lara Croft. Yeah, <laughs> she's just no, immediately sexualized. Um, just in every Thank shot, you, for the you know? people that just laughed at my boob jokes there while I flew right over Jose's head. Yeah, it's it all good. It just. <laughs>
Um, this scene lost me pretty quick. Really? Um, I immediately started a flip count uh, for how many unnecessary flips she did in the air. So many. And we got to six. And this is a... In a single scene? scene? Yeah. Wow. In the scene where she's fighting the robot. Dude, that robot looked like it was like straight out of Terminator. Like, why why do we not just have an army of those robots? You know? Yeah. And did are we expected to believe that Bryce built that robot? Because later on it says contact your dealer when it's malfunctioning. I'm like, wait, where are they ordering these fucking robots from? So we get to that. So she pulls the the wires out of the robot after bashing it. Whose uh, whose main main program was kill killer. Laura Croft. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) which is amazing. Um, And then we learned that this was a training program uh, and she lives with a butler named Hillary. Maybe. Yeah. Named Hillary. Named Hillary. Uh, So Hillary's character must be totally built for us, like to not believe like Hillary and Bryce, you know, like must be. And she also lives designed to be platonic, you know, yeah, we, the audience isn't supposed to be like, Oh, is she fucking one of these guys? No, because one of them is a nerd, you know, and the other one is a man named Hillary, a butler named Hillary, you know? So I'm like, man, this is so 2000s that like we're thinking like, oh, these are not men, men, you know, they're not man enough for Lara Croft. Right. You know what I'm saying? Men were just invented. uh, Well, men that had feelings uh, were recently. invented. Yeah, that's a that's a 2010s thing. Mm, yeah maybe mid 2010s mm-hmm. because i feel like uh we won't get into it <laughs> anyway so um after we learn that she's living with two dudes in her massive estate um we sort of start to get into the and i'm putting this in air quotes plot of this movie which is uh we meet a large group of old white guys who are sitting around a very long table um, and the big topic of discussion at the book club here is they have one week, one week, seven days, seven days to have this single opportunity to get two halves of this triangle and a key so that they can get like immortal power. It was very, was it time? I think what- it's like time powers something but even they're not sure yeah they're like we'll be indestructible but it's not really they it's just one guy but they're all in for it uh otherwise if they don't do it in the next week they have to wait another five thousand years again how 2000s is that like i love the trope of a spooky cabal of white men that are involved in a conspiracy to rob ancient vaguely indigenous cultures of their secrets <laughs> powers <laughs> artifacts a story is all and then their name their name the illuminati <laughs> well that's a re- i mean the illuminati is uh very prevalent across conspiracy uh-huh. conspirators conspirators yeah say. yeah as soon as it cut to these guys and they're all like vaguely british white men you know and they're just talking yeah. about like well we haven't gone anywhere it's and and we only have a week left to go and then the other guy's like i got this he's like well you've got no leads <laughs> yeah no leads by guy death taxes and old white guys trying to steal stuff that's not <laughs> yep. those are the uh guarantees in life for life. sure i'll tell you that i love that they're like you know as old white guys we have gotten nowhere in the world so let's just steal this immortal like, you're already all powerful and, uh, 
<laughs> you got everything you could ever want. You don't. What do you need to go back in time for? Oh man, I I also love like when I watch this, I was just like, what a like unreal like fake sense of urgency from this group. It just like really for me showcased how bad most men are at planning ahead. Just like there's literally no reason. They've had five thousand years since the last time this happened to go find this key and the two halves of this triangle and and, yeah. and get it done. That way they didn't have to rush. Now they're like cramming it in last mm-hmm. minute, making it seem like a big deal. Yeah. Come on, man. You know what's funny to me is that like um at this point in the movie, we're probably only 10 minutes into the movie at this point, but but all yeah. we know about Lara Croft is that A, she's a badass. B, she's a she's a good looking woman and she's surrounded by two like boys. We know nothing else about yeah. her character. And, and and but but we're about to learn it, you know. It, it tells us those are the most important things about Lara Croft's characters right there. She's a badass, right? And she's a woman. And then it goes into plot. Time for a little a little exposition dump, you know, to like get the ball rolling. We're gonna put her, we're gonna you know, put vie her against a uh, cabal of white men. And then we're going to cut back to her mm-hmm. and, you know, let's, let's sprinkle in a little bit more motivation here. What is motivating her, her relationship with her dead father. That's it. That's enough. Rip. It's enough for me, baby. So I love like when she's at the cemetery, seeing it, it just the tombstone of her dad, it's literally his name. And then just gone, but never forgotten. It's so lazy. Gone, but never <laughs> forgotten. He's got a fucking library gone, never- of poetry books. They couldn't think of any other phrase. Nothing. Nothing. I just I I lost my mind. I was like, that's that just and that's probably as deep as their relationship was, it seemed, because so right after that, um, Laura has a vision uh, after visiting her father's grave that night. So we see her dad, who's played by her real dad in real life, which is kind of cool, I guess, like if you could take that John Voight. Uh, He tells her in this dream about this planetary alignment. And then she is quickly just wakes up from the stream and she just hears a ticking. And so she goes down, she's like searching for this ticking. And this, if this is not the most privileged, rich person thing ever, the fact that she lives in a huge estate, but then rips open the paneling of the stairs to find this hidden Mm -hmm. room uh, and then finds the key. She finds this key. Yeah. Well, I think it's also to tell us, you know, that she's like, she's one of the, she's one of the guys. You know, she's hot, oh, yeah. but she's one of the guys. She's she's yeah, brusque. Yeah. She doesn't give a fuck. She'll just break yeah. shit open, you know? Sure. She's a bad. I love her swinging motion, too. It's like, it's a lot of elbow. Uh-huh. Not, you know, it's not like. Well, she's a small, she's a small woman. True. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. But she can, she can totally, like, beat down a, a wall easily with her bare fists. So. Which is insane because her the diameter of her arms has to be like six inches. You know, it's so little. So the little. diameter of her arm? Yeah, like if you were to like wrap a thing around like it's oh the probably, circumference of oh, her. Oh that's arm. what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The diameter, the diameter is like, would be like that's huge straight across. That'd be yeah, huge. That would, yeah. That'd be that's like a f- Thick arm. That'd be D the D the R J, uh, Johnson. You know. Yeah, yeah. We'll but get into him. I call him DTRJ. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, after she finds this clock, she, you know, Hillary and Bryce are like, "Yo, what are you doing?" She's like, "Oh, I had this vision. I think I have this clock." Uh, she decides to reach out to family friend, Mr. Wilson, Leslie Phillips, uh, played by Leslie Phillips. 
to get his thoughts on like this key. Like, what do I do? Do you know anything about it? And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Hangs up. And then he like has this personal struggle, struggle, calls her back. You should actually call my guy who dabbles in the weird key market. Very knowledgeable. Um, and is the same guy we met from the Illuminati earlier, Manfred Powell, mm-hmm. who's played by Ian Glenn. So Lara's like, all right, cool. And she uh, goes to meet uh, Manfred Powell yeah. at this uh, distinguished gentleman's party where she runs into a Tomb Raider friend, colleague, Alex West, who's played by Daniel Craig. Doing an American accent. I was like, man, is this a 007 crossover? Could I'll this tell you be? what, John. At this point, I'm checked out. I, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know any of this shit was going on. You know, I was watching it, but I was just like not yeah. listening to them. And then all of a sudden, the only line I remember from all these scenes is when he goes, my ignorance amuses me. And you're like, uh, my- cool, bro. What? And then it cuts to the <laughs> Bryce making fun of her, making fun of him for saying that, too. But uh, yeah, yeah, Manfred, Manfred Powell. What a name, huh? Yeah. Who do you think comes up with names? Who's like, yeah, let me... Uh, I mean, the screenwriter, Manfred. right? The screenwriter's coming up with the names. Manfred I'm like, I want this guy to be a distinguished... Powell. Like, oh, also, Robinson. he's an attorney. He's an attorney that, like... Yeah, he's not even... Yeah, with he's a lawyer. an insane amount of skills. Because when he throws that knife at the end of the movie, it's just like, bam! Perfect, perfect yeah. fucking aim. I'm like, what kind of attorney is yeah. this? Death attorney. <laughs> Death attorney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I, I think this is actually the first movie I've ever seen Daniel Craig in. You've never seen 007? No, I mean, like, prior to him becoming 007 oh. or anything like that, I'd never seen him in any other movie prior to that. Prior to I that. think the first movie I watched, well, and if I saw this as a kid, maybe, but the uh, the one with uh, Leah Shriver and uh, Daniel Craig, where they uh, are protecting the Jews in the woods. What's that one called? Oh, with... Um... Starts with a D uh that's a great movie deliverance yeah yeah if you haven't seen it watch it good movie anyway is it deliverance i think so it's defiant oh it's definitely not deliverance don't watch the deliverance (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah so laura's like yo this guy this seems kind of sketchy doesn't actually bring the key with her to the meeting with this lawyer of antiques smart but the lawyer is like, yo, what the heck? I know you have the key now. So he sends a SWAT uh, team. What the a, fuck? Like a black a black ops team. Where you- <laughs> I guess they're the Illuminati and they just have black ops, black ops people on, on speed dial. And, and so and so this I, I the setup to this is so silly and I love it so much. Yeah. That Hillary is like, good night, Miss Croft or whatever. And she's like, thank you. And then just proceeds to like jump off the the balcony and just starts like spinning in the air she is uh attached to what looks like bungee cords <laughs> and is doing her like nightly yeah. uh bungee she doesn't cord, do yoga uh, she acrobatics. does acrobatics no. yeah she's cir- uh, cir- in her living this in is her inside. velvet uh pajamas <laughs> right pajamas yeah while doing bungee cord acrobat, <laughs> yeah, acrobat, and then and then she hears that there's a uh, uh, somebody has broken into the, her compound, and uh, this part mm-hmm. confused me. Yeah, midair. midair because she like looks to her left or to her right or something, and there's just a computer screen now that says 
<laughs> that says that's trespassing. Whoop, 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 yeah. Whoop. It's like whoop whoop. And I'm like, where was that screen that she could just see it, you know? And so what she does is she Convenient. she perches onto the chandelier. <laughs> she waits for yeah, them to break. Like Spider-Man. In. Yeah, like Spider-Man. <laughs> and then she makes eye contact with the splinter cell that breaks into her house and then just starts taking them out. And John, I loved every second of this scene. I already forgot what happened in the in the previous couple of scenes. <laughs> but I loved this so much. It's so silly. She's just flying across the ceiling, <laughs> just taking these trained assassins out by herself. Meanwhile, Hillary is only just now strapping on his bulletproof vest while she is just going ape shit on these people. Yeah, she looks like the uh, if anyone's seen the clip of the old uh, halftime show where Creed is singing at a, a football game and <laughs> yes! who is like swinging in the, in, on the field with like r- ribbons and he's just like <laughs> flying everywhere. That's pretty much what this scene was <laughs> like she was yeah. just flying At one point, she's just spinning she's just running in circles around one of the guys and he's just spraying mm-hmm. gunfire at her <laughs> and she continues to run in circles and he never once is like maybe i'll shoot you know like ahead of her the other way <laughs> <laughs> she's just running in circles the whole time until she she like envelops herself around him and then she just cuts his rope and he just falls to the ground <laughs> yeah but it's just a scene of yeah. her like ah, like running with the gunfire behind her oh it's so my, funny my other favorite thing is that she like somehow has super strength because when she kicks or punches she's laying guys out uh-huh. this is also uh i think where the movie started to lose me because i you know i can i can get with a little suspension of disbelief sure. you know, a little you know here and there but when when action movies do this thing and it, they do it all the time that because maybe you have to I, I don't know what the, the deal is, but I really don't like when an action movie makes um, a woman or just someone who looks like me and you that doesn't look like The Rock able to just like punch yeah. through walls kick people 50 feet in the air uh-huh. uh, and just like making them superhuman. Like I hate when choreographers for action scenes do that stuff. Like you can get creative, like just because she maybe isn't the rock doesn't mean she can't still be a badass and do absolutely not. Like, so, like she can use people's weight against them. You know, she doesn't right. need to be like picking people up and throwing them across the room or like doing like a butterfly kick. And then the guy flies into a wall and it dismantles the wall. Yeah. We don't right. need to be seeing any of stuff but i'll tell you what i was not out of it at this point at this point the movie just hell yeah i thought i thought i was out because i was so bored from those previous scenes but this time pulled me right back in i'm like hell yes i'm all here for this because then she goes into the garage (laughs) and she starts just like shooting i don't even know what that gun was but she starts like shooting like the guys I don't know. It was like a nail gun, but with oh, she was putting like screwdrivers in it. Yeah, she was putting like a screwdriver, like a so bottom like of a screwdriver, and was like smacking it. See, but guys. that that's what I'm talking about. That's creative, like, creative. right? That's creative. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I blacked out or something because all of a sudden she's on a motorcycle <laughs> and she's just shooting people while the motorcycle's yeah. like in the air. It was like brrr, yeah. just spraying uh, everybody <laughs> with gunfire. It's hilarious, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, at yeah. this point, well, I'm so into the movie because they they take the clock and now she has to get yeah. it. And then all of a sudden the chase is on. The chase is on. Yeah. 
It's so yeah. silly, and I love it. It's so silly. Yeah. They steal the clock, wake up the next morning, UPS guy shows up at the house. <laughs> He's looking around, and then they make, like, a weird women joke where she's just yeah. like, oh, I woke up this morning, and I just hated all of it. Yeah. You know? The, the, the decor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She just I just sure. decided to destroy the decor because I'm a crazy woman. Like, what? Yeah. Way too, too. That's an outdated joke. That did not age well. <laughs> The rest of the movie did that. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Lara gets uh, in the UPS box was a letter from her dad. Pretty much was just her like, dad is just like, how did he know all of this was coming? <laughs> just perfect timing for all of it. You know, Lara, well, he here's a because... poem. And she immediately goes to the to the library, picks the book out, finds the actual yeah. letter. Why did he just put that letter to the UPS? I thought the same thing. Yeah. I thought the same thing. Finds an I was like, you're going to send your daughter a letter and not even acknowledge that she's alive or uh-huh. like. And, and I, I love the letter. Lara, if you're reading this, I am dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, dad. <laughs> like, no shit, dad. It's like, you found, you found the letter just like I thought you would. Now, here's what you got to do. You got six <laughs> days left. It's like, how do you know? How do you know that? You got six also, days left. Why you got to follow the flowers in Cambodia. You got to go to yeah. Cambodia. Lara. Yeah. <laughs> Look for the jasmine. Yeah, yeah, let's just go to Cambodia. Forget it. Yeah. So she's he doesn't she's even Cam- sign it like love. Dad. Dad. No, none of that. He says, get your ass moving. <laughs> He's like Mr. Croft. <laughs> and then cut to how are we gonna get to Cambodia in 15 hours? Oh, I'll call in a flavor. And it just like it like slow pans onto just a photo of her smiling with soldiers and then it cuts yeah. to her in a jeep fucking attached to parachutes just landing in the middle of the cambodian jungle which was kind of cool i but, loved uh, it i loved all of that i also <laughs> like so don't stupid. understand why they had 15 hours to get to Com- cambodia but had 72 hours to get everything done but still had six days uh-huh until the so like time <laughs> who gives a shit who cares about time <laughs> <laughs> they were just they're just amping they're just upping the stakes by telling us how much time they have but well the funny yeah. thing is they say that right they go hey you have 15 hours to get to cambodia right and then in the scene in cambodia they're like daniel craig is counting down a minute one minute but the whole scene lasts like five minutes. He's like 30 seconds. And then they have a whole thing of dialogue. And then he's like 25 seconds. <laughs> it's like time does not make any sense in this movie. <laughs> At all. Yeah. At and so then she's, I love. And then I love that because this part. I See, I, I love this part of the movie. It's so dumb because now she's in the desert and she's like driving her little Jeep around. She looks all cool with her sunglasses, yeah. you know, and then. Uh, some butterflies just go into a tomb and she goes, Oh, interesting. I'm going to follow those butterflies for sure. Like what? <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, Daniel Craig and all of them are like breaking into the tomb. You know, they're like, Oh, they've already had a tug of war with a statue. And, and how locals. did they know to go yeah. there? Uh, I th- they had no clue. It's like, did they pay this whole village in Cambodia to just, <laughs> Yeah. 10 bucks give up <laughs> you know you know this like this godlike figure and tomb that you guys love and probably worship yeah yeah we're gonna destroy it mm-hmm. here's a dollar 
Let's take I'll give you guys a dollar each to help me break down this ancient symbol of your culture. Buckaroo. A buckaroony. A buckaroony. And and but you know what, Daniel Craig? He's better than the rest of the guys. You want to know why? He takes off his shirt, he gets right in there with them. He starts pulling oh, yeah. it down with the rest he's a of, man of the people. Oh yeah. He's mm-hmm. a man of the people. He's unlike Manfred Powell. Right. He did. He did help though. Yeah. He is destroying what they love. He did help them destroy, destroy what they love. Exactly. Um, as so, one people. I also, when I saw line, that, I was like, like, Oh, it's cause they're, they're trying to tell us that he's not a bad guy <laughs> because he's down, he's down to help. <laughs> Like, he's okay. not a bad guy, but he's also like, yo, I'm trying to work uh-huh. with you. Oh, oh, and then they have that stupid line when they're all walking to the uh, Lara's oh, I overrated. I wrote this down. He's like, uh, he's like, Lara's just in it for the glory, but me, she's overrated. Uh-huh. I'm in it for the money. <laughs> and then they break the thing down, right? And uh, Manfred Powell's character says, and I wrote this down, into the belly of the beast. And then Daniel Craig goes, and out of the demon's ass. <laughs> What? <laughs> what are you fucking talking about? I've never heard that. Out of the before. demon's ass? Out of the demon's ass. John, I'm going to start saying that. I want you to write that on my tombstone. Into the belly of the beast and out of the demon's <laughs> ass. You got to heaven the long way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're immortalizing this right now. When I die, come back, pull this sound clip. And make sure yeah. my mother knows to put that on my tube if she outlives me. You have her outliving you? <laughs> yeah, in my head, she outlives me. <laughs> 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 All right, anyways, at this point, they break down the the, the statue, right? And now. Well, no, let's just get past that. They're no, well, well, right? well, because I'm only oh, saying okay. that because at the same time, Lara is on her own little adventure. Sure, sure. You know? She's on more of a mental quest. Uh, she's on say. like a magical quest where right. she follows the butterflies into the tomb. And all of a sudden, there's a magical giggling foreign child, right? Just kind of teleporting all over the place. A small Cambodian child. Yeah, a small Cambodian child is just giggling the same giggle. It's like and then runs away. <laughs> <laughs> and lets her into the tomb. So at this point, I'm like, okay, there's magic in this world. There's magic. Just in this one. Right? Gotta be. Maybe that was like a video game moment, you know, where you like show up and you're like, where do I go? And then you see like some kind of clue. And then it's yeah, yeah. Well, you see the butterflies go into the thing. You know, it's like a it's Mm -hmm. like a like a light up trailing. Sure. A trail. Yeah. Yeah. Like a little. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe we'll make it sound a little bit. We'll give them credit for that. My favorite thing is when she does make it into the tomb. Uh Uh, She's like these guys have a huge head start on her. And I don't know what their plan is. Uh, well, I guess they have the key, but they have like neither Lara nor these guys have any information on the tomb, on what they need to do, mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Anyway, all they so know is they that they have her. two minutes. You have two, two minutes. minutes. Mm-hmm. And so she is in, at the very top of this tomb. I'm like, oh, this could be kind of cool. We're going to see her like swing some ropes. We're going to see her like move some boulders or whatever, you know, <laughs> Tomb Raider stuff. And uh, she literally just falls through a sinkhole down to 15 levels down to where these guys already are. And bam, uh-huh. we're all in the same place. And dude, so and, then, and she reads, but she reads like some of the text on there. And it says, you know, something vague. 
And then she goes, oh, okay, don't touch anything or you get your head chopped off. Got it. But like <laughs> when you listen back to what she's reading, how do you infer that from it? And then uh, Daniel Craig is just like, everybody grab the swords and put them in the thing. <laughs> touch everything. Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we get there. They take like these swords. And so they're in this room that totally looks like a video game set, like very fake. Um, uh-huh. And it has like a big uh, Shiva god alien adaption with like a green belly. It's like, again, one of those things where Hollywood just like takes vaguely, you know, like cult- like vaguely mythical cultures or or we just take a culture and we just add myth- mysticism to it because we're white and we don't understand right. other cultures. Yep. <laughs> and then the big Shiva with the green stomach. Yeah. And did you did you think that there was something strangely sexual about the way that they like move forward in this tomb? Like they have to get a phallic object to hit the little (laughs) hole. And then once it does, it just sprays water all over the place. (laughs) They're like, we have to make this thing poke the hole. And it's literally like, whoop, almost there. Whoop, almost there. No nope. way. And bam, wait, you wait. hit it right in the G spot, baby. And then it just, just we need a little. We need a little adjustment. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, we. And yeah, Lara's, we, Lara's full force, 130 uh-huh. pounds, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Extra and, boost. And she's, and, but I, I was like, this is weirdly sexual because it's cutting to her too. I and she's like, aim, she's like aiming it to it. She's like, huh? <laughs> She's like thrusting it into the little thing. Yeah. And then it just explodes. Water sprays everywhere. And the Shiva comes alive. I did not. Uh, oh, you didn't I... get that? Just me? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then again, oh, again, I was yeah. thinking, holy fuck. Then little magic. babies are born after that. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. All of the other mm. little things come alive now because there's magic in this world. And the yeah. Shiva statue we probably shouldn't be calling it that because I don't think that's correct it's at not. all. Yeah. Um, the statue. Well, it is. It resembles a Shiva, I guess. I guess. I guess. Uh, but the statue uses the force and gets all of the swords back in its hands, you know, and then just yeah. starts fighting everybody. Yeah. And the little goons come out. Mm-hmm. So the which who are made of stone, but like paper stone Ooh. they just start breaking yeah well, right because lara can punch right through their faces i was wondering bullets, if this was because she stole one of their w- swords and like their swords work better on them i don't know dude it was like a weird also cgi huh come a long way come a long way come a very long way some of them looked rough this was a tough scene uh <laughs> for everyone involved honestly yeah. so there's a little bit of a battle uh lara and the the uh alex west and powell sort of before we even get to this whole phallic thing they trust her with the key because she somehow finds the real place for the key plugs it in then this whole thing happens and so she has the key now they have the triangle piece a whole battle ensues i don't really remember like what else happened but how did you like feel about this action scene (laughs) compared to the other ones i love the other one the one prior to this uh i liked it a lot more but there was story happening in this one 
Lara is is she wants both the piece and she wants the clock thing, you know, but then Alex West takes the clock thing. And so now they're both they each have one piece, you know, right. They leave her in the tomb for dead. And she like, I love I, I'm a sucker for shit like this, where they're like the bad guys are like, <laughs> yep, we made it out of here, you know, and then they like turn back and Lara just like flies out of the fucking tomb and then like looks totally fine and then just runs into the jungle. You know, right. I'm like, oh, tight hero moment. I love that shit. So I'm still game. I'm still like this movie is silly. You're it's in. dumb. I'm laughing. It's one of those things where I'm just like, it's too funny for me not to be enjoying this. This is absolutely ridiculous. And I and I love it. You okay. Know? How are you feeling? I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait a minute. And th- no one mentions any of this either. Like, no one's like, hey, like, there's no like prophecy or any, there's no documentation to this journey. There's just like, oh, just cool, the dad's letter. Out. Just the dad's yeah. letter. But no one's like, oh, whoa, there's like mysterious goo like that. That must be this. It's just like, yeah. oh, how come nobody stops have... and like looks around like, holy fuck, these statues are coming yeah. to life. This is yeah. crazy. Total another day on the job. I think you needed her to have like Bryce with her so that he could be like our voice, the audience's voice, just being like, holy shit, what's happening? Yeah. You know, just to give us a little bit more of that suspension of disbelief. I was surprised that Bryce and Hillary weren't more involved in that. Like, you know, there's usually, like you said, like Benji and Mission Impossible or like even in a lot of video games, right? Like when you're playing the video game, there is some kind of someone on a telecom Uh that is giving you some kind of exposition as to what's going on. Exposition or reaction. from the book of this or, you know. Mm -hmm. I wonder if in Uncharted we'll have Mark Wahlberg's character doing that because he's Sully. You know, and yeah. selling in the video games to it. I am, I will say, just to cut in, that I think that Uncharted is probably one of the best video games that you could probably make into a movie. Because you've ever, if you've ever played the game, it is basically a movie. Yeah. Drake has his own motivation. You just control Drake when he's on the adventure, but there's cutscenes, there's always something driving the story forward, there's characters, there's you know, a lot of uh, uh, and the characters either like each other or they don't. You know, there's a lot of moving parts. So I think I'm excited, but uh, I'm not optimistic about this film. I'm just saying that there's, a, there's a possibility that this could be OK. <laughs> I like that you covered your butt there. Yeah. Like yeah. You were like, I, I think it's going to be good, but it could not be. You know, well, like I don't think it's going to be good. I think I think it could be good. Even better. Adaptation. No wise, promise. You know, so. <laughs> smart so you can't be wrong so let's get into the end of this movie because you want to get to the end of the movie already well let's get to the third act of this okay okay because because so she escapes the tomb and then uh she shows up in cambodia she's still in cambodia and she uses her charm to get uh get the a phone a satellite phone and it like i love this because the guy is standing behind her like holding a satellite you know yeah and it looks like one of those like spy gear things that you got when you were a kid that's just like a a, a, a satellite shaped thing <laughs> it's just like holding it up to this guy <laughs> so she's like she has the triangle the other guys have the key um eventually they're like hey let's team up we got to get this done together mm-hmm. anyway so they head to the arctic 
They head to a very cold place. But before that, John, again, another strange white men don't understand Eastern cultures thing is that like she goes and meditates and they give her a tea and it heals her. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, what you, the fuck was that? You don't. You, immediately you don't heals her like it's gone. I'm like, yeah, I man. keep getting taken out of the movie in these parts because I'm just like, magic is real. What the fuck is this? That's a real thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you ever yeah. had it before? Yeah. You kidding me? Cool. I'm a, I'm like a nine year old dude. I just drank that tea. Can I get some of that? Well, you just got to go to Cambodia. Oh, but okay. If you can get there in the next fifteen hours. <laughs> not just do you um need to get there in the next fifteen hours. You need to know exactly where to go when you get there in the next fifteen hours. Yeah. No maps. No maps. No maps. Cool? So I'll just follow butterflies and mystic children. Mm-hmm. Mystic Children. Mm-hmm. That's a good band name. Yeah, it is. We go to the Arctic, and Lauren knows, learns some more uh, information about her dad, mentoring Mr. Powell. I don't, I don't know if that's true at all. The random dude was just like, "Yeah, your dad was like in my seat in the Illuminati." Also, the Cambodian <laughs> guy was like, "Oh, your father would be very proud of you," or something. She's like, "You knew my father." She's like such a simp for her dad in this movie. What? I didn't see anything. And he and he just goes, yeah. He doesn't even respond to the question. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't speak English. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh yeah, they decide to team up on the phone, and then they go to the Arctic, yeah, yeah. and then uh, yeah, there's this big fucking like solar system. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait, I love that they are in the Arctic, right? And they're like, oh, it's a big trek ahead. So they get in these like uh, amphibious uh, like vehicles that can go on land and water. That's what amphibious means for those of you that are wondering. I thought amphibious meant like you could write with your left and your right hand. But thank you for. <laughs> I think it means both. <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah, so like you can do it in water, too, though. So it's ambidextrous. <laughs> what? The word. The word is ambidextrous. No, that's a frog. Oh, OK. <laughs> anyway. I love that they go, they make a big deal about these vehicles, right? They go like in the water and then they get off on some land. And then when they're on the land, instead of staying in these huge vehicles, they just hop on some dog sleds. Yeah. They're waiting for them. Yeah. They could have yeah. just driven. To also, I hate, I hate so much how much they sexualize Laura Croft because there's like a slow-mo scene of them like walking off the, 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 the vehicles and, like, uh-huh. everybody is, like, bundled up, you know? They're wearing, like, gloves. They're wearing, like, actual Arctic gear. He's yeah. wearing the thinnest cloak I've ever seen. A and, tank top. And a tank top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she has the hood up, at least. But, like, come on. Put some clothes on yeah. that woman. She's probably freezing. Also, you know, being a movie created by men, uh, four men, uh, what it four men I'm for surprised sure. they didn't they didn't take advantage of it being cold outside with her in the movie oh with like a couple of doinks like bang bang yeah. doink doink yeah I, I'm surprised but I'm I'm glad they didn't you know like what it like what is it scream <laughs> I bet in the director's cut they probably did and then some someone someone that like edited the movie was like mm, what do you think hey, they, buddy, they rubbed hey, the buddy. nipples off in post <laughs> yeah let's not let's not do that buddy maybe we should cover these up huh yeah let's take it easy here he's like you know what you're right you never saw any nipples in the video game yeah 
<laughs> Let's keep it canon. Yeah. <laughs> Give the people what they um, want. <laughs> anyway, so this is when we get to where the other 50% of the budget went to. Half of it was Angelina Jolie. The other half was this set in whatever this thing was. It was like this solar system uh, mo- mobile, you know, like the things that hang from a baby's crib. Uh-huh. Yeah, it swings That's around. exactly That's what, what it looked was. like. It wasn't yeah. intimidating looking at all. And then when yeah. it started moving, it just started murking people. It's like the most <laughs> slow moving thing in the world. And people are getting crushed in between the mobile. <laughs> it was like in Wipeout. Like, the like Wilhelm scream. Like, ah! Yeah, the foam uh, arms that spin around and people are like jumping over it. And they just get like, poof. they're just getting plummeted by this. <laughs> slow, super steamrolled by the object. slowest yeah. thing. <laughs> And, but Laura Croft somehow has the skill to like scale this. She's the only one that can scale this whole thing. Hang upside down, put the key in there to get. It was like what? Yeah, the, like what? These puzzles <sighs> don't seem very difficult. No, because she can figure it out right away. Yeah, she just looks somehow. at it. And I love Alex was like fifty bucks says that it's in the middle of the sun, you know. <laughs> and he wasn't wrong. But then like Laura, Laura like puts the thing in there and she like cartoons her way like she like looney tunes into the yeah. sun and yeah. then gets like thrown back out afterwards with holding the pieces well she has the vision right when she's inside i don't know what did you think of the dog run like jumping into the into like the light beam thing and just getting turned into skeleton you see all the meat on the dog and then he just comes yeah, right yeah. back out and he's fine I don't know what that was about. I think it was, I think it only existed to show us that she could throw the clock into it and take the little piece out and then put it in the middle of the triangle to make it, you know, bind again. But what was interesting but about the why? dog is the dog, what, what was interesting about the dog is the dog stayed in one piece. When yeah. she threw the clock in there, it opened it up, opened up entirely. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was gross that they used the dog to try to do that and the, it didn't even work. Like the dog should have been annihilated. Like if we and use then, that logic, yeah. and then jumps out and he's fine, but gross. Right. Uh, yeah. Instead, he just becomes X. Like it's just an X-ray. He just becomes see-through. That was stupid. Like, that was stupid. Anyway, so she. This gets whole the scene was stupid. Yes. Well, all of the scenes in this movie were stupid. No, I really so... enjoyed a lot of the sequences <laughs> of this movie. <laughs> So she gets the piece, right? She puts it together for the triangle. She starts to be able to control time, but it's too late. Well, because, well, well, before that, Powell throws the knife, kills West, exactly. you know? And then we get the only, she doesn't, there's, you know, what I like about this movie is that there's no romance. Really, there's like not really any romance. There's not, but there is. Yeah, but she, and she doesn't even really kiss West. She like gives him CPR. It's like yeah. weirdly implied strangely implied but it's really not that important i don't understand this relationship because he clearly sold her out and Mm -hmm. is working against her for money the whole time but then they're like buddies yeah but they're homies at the same time they're like colleagues i don't know i don't understand either i I also hate the juxtaposition of like his shower scene with her shower scene because when she's showering it's like what a teenage boy imagines Angelina Jolie is like in the shower where she, she's like, 
oh, like the water is flowing down her hair, and like you can see like the edges of her tits. But then, like, like Daniel the Craig, herbal essence commercials. <laughs> yeah, remember those? But yeah, exactly. Yeah, where it's just like, oh, the water's hitting her yeah. face, and it's steamy. And then when Daniel Craig showers, it's like, oh, there's something on his mind. <laughs> He's just like a chimp. He's just, just like. like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Slapping and it's over. So you know? all over himself. Why don't we give Daniel Craig the whole like, just uh, <laughs> <laughs> see the water falling down his like ripped abs. <laughs> yeah, down the river of the canyon of muscles. It's that so has. weird how this movie like juggles hypersexualizing Angelina Jolie, and then at the same time, like she her character doesn't give a fuck about sex or romance she's only a simp for her dad you know so it's like are are we fetishizing her and simultaneously making her like i don't know do you think that she's like a feminist icon because she's like a woman with agency in 2000 whatever the fuck this movie came out that's a tough question yeah it's probably not for uh, you and i to to discuss yeah we probably can't answer that i think the only person that can is uh lara croft yeah or angelina jolie Anyways, um, West is dying. He gets crushed inside the solar system thing underwater. And mm-hmm. then uh, she puts the thing together. Lara stops time. Spins the knife around. Physically spins the knife around. I don't also, know why. I had a problem with that because there is a handle to the knife. So she could have just instead of. Well, she, she grabs both for some reason. Right. Yeah, and it's like. <laughs> okay there we go now it's facing the right way <laughs> also the problem i had with that is did she reverse time because it seemed like she just played time forward and if she had i again i am not well, a scientist but it played time forward the back end of the knife would have just hit alex west <laughs> yeah it would still would have been moving forward right? been that's a forward. really good point well, it, yeah. I, it seems like she went back in time, right? And then changed things and then let time play again. Um, mm. Also, I don't understand you know, how this time works. Did she go back in time and talk to her dad? I thought it was just a vision. Oh, because I mean, I have no idea. But it was a pretty act. It was like a very that, that was the other thing that I had a problem with this movie. This movie suffers from um, a an issue that a lot of uh, bad movies suffer from where the whole concept of the plot just didn't need to happen. Could have been done in five minutes. So she goes through the whole trouble of putting together this triangle item, which she was told by her dad. She was told by everyone, you got to put the triangle together. You got to do it. You got to do it. Goes through all the, no, her dad tells her to stop it. At the end, her dad says, Cool. Now that you built it, you got to destroy it. Why did he? If the you thing had, was all, the thing was all not even put together. All here's what I don't understand. Do, she gets break the key, half of the piece. Just break that piece. Destroy that piece. Right. Just she, destroy it. She had to put the whole thing together. I don't understand why. The to, only reason to she had to put it, it together to break it. No, really. <laughs> That's what this movie's about. I don't understand. I thought her dad from the beginning told her, maybe I'm wrong. I thought her dad from the beginning told her, you have to stop them. You know, you have to stop them. You got to go get the piece. Destroy the triangle. She's like, all right. I I don't think she said destroy the triangle in the beginning. Oh, okay. Because I was watching this movie and I'm like, she has the piece. Why doesn't she just destroy that piece? 
And then the trial can't be completed. She can't. Here's my for thing. For some reason, she wants the clock back. I don't understand why she wants the clock back. Is it because her dad gave it to her? Here's my thing. You have the clock. Just break the clock. Yes, exactly. Movie's over. Exactly. Movie's over. The movie's over. Not even the clock. You have half the piece. Just break that piece. Now the clock and the other piece are useless. And you've stopped yeah. the Illuminati from whatever their plan was. Or just never even call anyone to tell them you have this item. Yes. Be like, they never knew. If the whole point was for her dad to be like, you got to stop this from happening. The Illuminati are going to do this. She could have at any point in this movie when she held either one of these objects, destroyed them and rendered their whole plan entirely useless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was my problem with the movie. I mean, um, I totally you know, agree. Uh, just to wrap it up, there's a, a lame uh, sort of fight sequence. You know, the guy gets stabbed in the heart. He's like, oh, shoot, by the knife. The whole thing is coming down. She somehow escapes. And then we end up with her back at her estate fighting another robot. And that is the movie. Full circle, fighting robots. Yep, movie begins with fighting a robot, ends with fighting a robot. Lara, yeah. Lara doesn't really have a too much of an arc, except that she decided to wear a dress at the end of the movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, what are your final thoughts? I sort of gave mine about <laughs> okay. the, the movie. What are yours? So, so I'll start out by saying I really enjoy this movie. I love this movie. I think it's so fun, so funny, but it's not a great movie. There's so much wrong with character plot. I'm again, I'm not even sure that there was a character arc for Lara Croft. Part of me thinks that maybe this movie is something to do with her. Um, I I think the movie wants something. I actually don't know. I don't know. I'm like trying to trying to come up with it. And I'm like, does Lara really even have a plot? Not really. She just she's she, she loves her dad. <laughs> she loves her dad. Uh, and she decides to wear a dress at the end of the film. Part of me thinks that there's probably some deeper metaphor there for her as a woman, you know, coming from a place where she is one of the guys. And then at the end of the film decides to dress more like a woman. But I'm not smart enough to see it. Um, Maybe it's just a. It goes to show that at the end of the day, no matter how many guys, how many old white guys you have that are trying to take down women, I love it. Always come out. Let's say that because they'll they're always smarter. Yeah, they're always two steps ahead. So those were those were our. uh, Yeah, I don't really have much to say. I mean, uh, I think the movie's fun. It's not really deep or trying to say anything too deep. I think it just wanted to be a fun blockbuster starring a female. Uh, it's for for teenage boys, like we said, like we said with the slasher movies, yeah, and, and their, their dads. dads. Mm-hmm. I think it's more for the dads. Yeah, let's uh, let's see what the critics thought. You know, we always like to jump in critics and audience. Critics usually uh, provide a, a more um, deeper sense of the work, maybe a more philosophical approach to how they review things. At least they like to think so. Um, so we'll start there. Remember, uh, critics gave this a twenty percent. So aggregate critic score is 20%. So let's start with this first one here uh, from a place called Spliced Wire. You ever been to the Spliced Wire? Can't say I have. Can't say I have. Movies like Tomb Raider are designed only to part fools from their money. Oof. Two out of four. They got us. You paid $3.99 for this. I did. I'm a fool. 
I feel like such a fool. You've been parted from your mind. I mean, I, I could make the argument that all movies are designed to do that. You could. So, fuck you, Boom. Spice Wire. <laughs> all right. LA Daily News. The latest and glitziest movie adap- adaptation of a video game suffers from most of the faults its less endowed predecessors did. Two-dimensional characters, confusing action, and just plain bad story. I mean, agreed. Boom. Totally agreed. What a clever the way. Characters are uh, not deep at Two-dimensional. Um, no. The action... Because get it? Because like video games are three-dimensional. Well, two-dimensional. I mean, they have 2D games. Good job. Um, well, predecessors, right? Like <laughs> Yeah. So this thing said. Yeah. What a clever. Uh movie. yeah, it was bad. I mean, the storytelling was bad. I mean, can you tell me what the story is about? You know? Uh Lara Croft wants to stop a cabal of evil white men from uh obtaining an ancient indigenous artifact from uh uh time 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 heist. <laughs> See, this is my <laughs> biggest thing that you said Laura Croft wants to stop. She she didn't. She didn't even know they existed. T- these two parties had no knowledge of each other. The single thread was her dad at some point that we learned, which could be true, could not be I'll true. I'll watch a movie about her dad setting this whole thing up. Yeah. It's called National Treasure. <laughs> um, this is from your boy, uh, Roger My e. boy, Roger E. Yeah. He uh, So let me preface this before I read it. I went through a lot of reviews and most of them were pretty negative about the film. But then I stumbled across a couple that were very positive. And let me let me just read this one. Was Roger Ebert one of them? a movie so monumentally silly yet so wondrous to look at that only (laughs) only a churl could find fault. Your boy was smitten. Angelina Jolie. He's got a little crush. (laughs) <laughs> i'm right He's there with him crush, huh? i'm right there with him that crazy man roger you read my heart you know what i like you know what i like roger uh, he knows what he I likes i completely too. agree with him it's so silly he gave this that, movie like, a three out of four wow trace out of quattro um i agree it's so silly it's so fun i'll watch this movie again if this movie's ever on tv i will fucking put it on i'm not gonna sit down and watch it but i'll leave it on <laughs> And they'll be in the background, you know, and then like I'll walk back in and she'll be like spinning around on her balcony, like getting ready for bed. (laughs) That's how she gets ready for bed. Nothing like a a nice adrenaline. Uh Adrenaline inducing meditation to uh, put me to sleep. She just wants to feel something, you know, she like she goes through her whole life. just numb, Mm -hmm. lost her dad lives in a huge estate no no purpose it must be so hard it must be so hard so every night she just wants a near brush with death so she jumps off the balcony of her living room Mm -hmm. and just as she feels like she's about to kiss kiss death kiss this world goodbye she's lifted back Mm -hmm. up wow she goes to sleep wow uh the orlando sentinel we know them huh one of the (laughs) one of the worst Newspaper publications known to man. Um, when it comes to the action wow. scenes, what West is all thumbs. That's two thumbs right here. <laughs> yeah, two thumbs up for him right Point here. Sky <laughs> high. This camera always seems to be in the wrong place, and the scenes never build momentum. So that seems like two thumbs 
damn i don't know what this means uh, i put this on here because i had no idea what this person was trying it sounds to say. like this guy just didn't like the way that the action scenes were shot which i disagree with i think they're ridiculous and so much fun personally also yeah dude west has directed a lot of action since right and i it's generally pretty hilarious <laughs> con air pretty expendables like, 2 yeah yeah <laughs> i like that he only got the second one yeah like the first one they're like well who directed the first one for was, number it, two. was it sly did sly direct the first one i don't know first one wasn't bad all right so those are sort of the critic reviews you know nothing that's the problem with these reviews is they're also like not about anything because this movie wasn't really much about anything other than roger ebert who was like yo let me let me get as many of these as i can Let's get into the critic reviews, which uh, under 50%, also not a lot. And I was telling you before this. Wait, you mean the audience reviews? This, Yes, sorry, the audience reviews. This was a bit of a, an interesting place to sift through the audience reviews. Um, the main star of our show or of our movie um, had some polarizing opinions. So it was, it was like going through page 90 of youtube comments on a video it was rough it was a tough i'm place. sure it's just full of misogyny right just like people talking about it was half misogyny and half like really creepy guys like Oops. why do we need a woman hero or half or like women can't do that i mean the men- other half were like why why wasn't she wearing less clothes? I'll tell you why. Or because like we've Angelina had male Jolie. heroes forever. And look at where it's gotten us. Let's give women a shot. I mean, we've got male bad guys in this one. They couldn't even plan to take over the world. They had 5,000. Because years. men so, fail. First men one, only fail. One and a half stars. Poor modernized. Here, here's one. That's a little bit misogynist. One and a half stars. And okay. I, it made me laugh. One and a half stars. Poor modernized parentheses and feminized indie knockoff oh so okay so it's this guy's just like eh, why does indiana jones have to be a lady mm-hmm. yeah he forgot right. that this was a, a video game franchise and immediately this um, guy's opinion couldn't care less about it he can fuck off <laughs> feminized fuck off <laughs> fuck you, you oh, frail man. male all right um one star go play the game for two hours it'll be a million times better more enjoyable that i agree with i mean the 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 newest game the one that came out in like 2018 or something uh is so fucking solid it's so good it was fun yeah it was fun we were talking about that earlier too um this one's one and a half stars as well i don't think it's possible to cgi and i can't never say it say it say it no, say no, no, no. this one's say not, this one's not for the say this one's not for the say pod. what is it this children? Is it children in here we got no come on say it no nah, this one's not for the i'll pod, say it. but uh i don't think I, it's possible to cgi it. angelina jolie's breasts big enough to make this watchable fuck this guy this is the These kind people of, suck this is the this is the kind of stuff that i had to go through for <laughs> sift through for hours see it's disgusting real people are people are fucking stupid these are all dudes by the way only dudes wrote this they have to be yeah they had to be okay so then it took me about an hour to find a real review <laughs> amongst the audience john, john can i just say thank you find... so much for all you do 
Uh, this podcast would be nothing without you, and I appreciate you. Uh, so I found this one, three and a half stars. Um, much more enjoyable than the sequel. Tomb Raider is a film that you can sit and watch and not have to think. Yes. About. And there you yes. go. That was it. That's all I was looking for. I agree. Right. I agree with this guy. So you didn't have to say anything about nope. feminism or or nope. or anatomy. Come on. People, people fucking suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. See, oh, Jesus Christ. I'm just thinking like you can't you can't all these these movies get just railed by these shitty like incels online just because they star a woman. You know, it reminds me of like uh, when Force Awakens comes out or Last Jedi. And everybody's talking shit about oh, Rose. people hate and 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 who rose isn't that her name oh the actress uh no rose the the the, uh, the asian woman that's that's in the second of the new trilogy i'm not gonna lie to you i probably blocked the new trilogy yeah rose that. tico remember she and finn go on the whole with she was played by kelly marie oh, tran yeah, they gave yeah, her so much yeah, shit yeah. just because she's an asian woman starring in star wars you know it's like just grow the fuck up just grow up Maybe women find you insufferable because you are insufferable. Sorry, I'm going to get off my soapbox now. We can close the show. Fucking shit. People suck. Stupid, stupid misogynists. What would you review this book? How many? Uh, I'll give it three and a half. These are oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm Out just of, kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> How many? What D's? would you review this movie, man? Both of these nuts. Um, <laughs> yeah. I okay. Let's try what to think of something movie? fun to to how to rate this. I'll just fuck it. We'll give it out of five stars. You know, I'll give this three and a half stars out of five stars. stars. Really, three and a half. I really enjoy this movie. I think it's so. I think yeah. You just turn your brain off, you know, and and enjoy the action sequences. They're not all great, but they're fun. They're silly. You can laugh at them. Um, I think that Angelina Jolie is a a great casting choice for this. I do wish they would have given. You know, it would have been great if we had a movie that had an actual story and actual motivation for her character so she could actually perform more. In this movie, she's just doing the same thing the whole time, which kind of sucks. But I mean, it's fun. It's silly. It's 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 a it's a popcorn movie. Just turn your brain off for a while and uh, enjoy the show. Enjoy the show, baby. I'll give it two stars because I think that. um you know, there are some pockets of fun, usually five minutes at a time, but you got to go about 30 minutes in between each pocket of fun. Yeah. But uh, the two stars are pretty much because I think it's very lazy. Um, you the, the reason I like, I don't think Angelina Jolie is given any kind of platform in this movie. She, every character in this movie is so interchangeable. They could be played by any actor at any point yeah. it, anything can play which is kind of a disservice to the actors that are in this you know movie. it's so i would give it two it's stars. a problem when any line of dialogue can be said by any actor on screen you know it means that you haven't right. defined your characters enough like that line that we said earlier that's like um into the belly of the beast and out of the demon's ass you could have switched those either any one of those characters could have said that or any one character could have said that whole line. You didn't have to have two guys yeah. deliver it. Um, it just means that they're the same fucking character or that their dialogue doesn't matter at all. You could have just cut the whole thing out. 
So I agree. This movie suffers from, you know, uh, very weak characters, weak plot. Um, the only redeeming quality is that the action is silly and ridiculous. So it's still fun. Um, it's like watching a and Fast and Furious wait, movie. Bef- before we wrap up, like I can hear people arguing like, well, this isn't a movie about acting. It's an action movie. Mm-hmm. But when your action is described as silly and fun, you're you're not succeeding at an action movie either. I'll just say that. <laughs> I guess it does like kind of come across as more of like an action comedy, but it's an unintentional comedy, which is something else entirely, right? right? Yeah, because dude, I am laughing the whole time that she's fighting. You know, I it's so fucking hilarious. Do you think it's one of those things where uh, they go to the premiere and like Simon West is like, yo. Yeah, this, yeah. This is a certified banger of an action movie, and he's just sitting in that. He's you know like back row, just like arms crossed. You know, things start. Everybody starts laughing. Start laughing, <laughs> and he's just like, he's just like, oh, he's like, what? what I don't what? I don't get it. I don't get it. And then he just like gets up, hands it, head in his hands. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> or he just goes up there and he goes, "I'm glad you guys all enjoyed our comedy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He cries himself to sleep. Yeah. He goes home. He gets on top. He gets on top of the balcony in his living room, straps into his bungee cords, and just jumps. Yeah, that's uh, it's exactly what he does before he goes to sleep. He's like, I don't understand why people are laughing. That's how that's my bedtime routine. <laughs> good night, Mrs. Julie. Oh, I'm sorry. good night, Miss Croft. Good night, Hillary. <laughs> good night to this movie. Good night to this. Good night to uh, good night to you. good night to you all let us know what you thought of tomb raider lara croft or is it just another one of these movie adaptations that fails i don't know you let us know what's your favorite movie adaptation let us know on our socials at earc pod and be sure to catch all of our other episodes wherever you get your podcasts my name is jose garcia chow here with john wolf i'm about to go raid some tombs so uh today we sided with the audience but remember at the end of the day everybody's a real critic oh man <laughs> love raiding your tombs buddy and remember <laughs> into the belly of the beast and, and out the devil's asshole <laughs> okay you gotta change that up a little bit but i like it <laughs> just pop it right up. <laughs> Does that make you the devil's shit? Like you're you're the shit?